0: Greetings. I'm Kami Utman, Vice President of Adventist World Radio and Speaker for Unlocking Bible Prophecies, which, praise God, currently has over five million views, airing on many media outlets around the world, and I want to thank you for watching. I am happy to announce our next Bible prophecy series is entitled, Earth's Final Countdown, with a specific focus on end time events. Our speaker will be Dr. Dwayne McKee, president of Adventist World Radio. He has had a lifetime of sharing Bible-based messages with countless people in every inhabited continent on this planet. Dwayne and his wife, Kathy, have two married children and three grandsons. Together, they have worked in mission service, mostly in Africa, for over 10 years. They have personally witnessed many miracles firsthand that he'll be sharing in this series. You won't wanna miss one of these 16 presentations. Each builds on the last. So grab your Bible and get ready to study about Earth's final countdown.
1: Thank you for joining us, friends, with another series, Earth's Final Countdown. It's a continuation, as we've just said, of unlocking Bible prophecies. We're going to get right into the Word and and see what's going to happen in in the future. Things are, my, what, it's an incredible time to, to be alive. And many things are happening around the world through this series, which is, It involves about 16 presentations. Just stay with us though, they're weekly and they're exciting and thrilling as we go through them. We're going to ask the question, are we headed for a one world government? Are we headed to socialism? There's there's this globalism idea that's going on right now in the world, is that where we're headed? Are we going to have just one day where we take off and we rest, everybody rest, give the planet a rest day? after Earth's final conflict, then what? Are more viruses coming? Wow. (laughs) The ones we've just had, are there more coming? Is that going to continue? What about the mark? What about 666? And some people are asking the question, boy, when this all ends, what happens after the grave? Is that it? Is it all over or what? We're going to answer all these questions. So stay with us as we look at some exciting, thrilling, times as we check with the Bible and see what God has in store for us the eve of Armageddon. We're going to put some puzzle pieces together in prophecy, and you'll see what, what is happening at, on, right after the eve of Armageddon, right after Armageddon. What is Armageddon? We're going to be looking at that. But let's pray first, shall we? Father in heaven, thank you for all of our friends around the world who are sharing as we study together, endeavoring to understand what God is saying in his word. As we look at this wonderful prophecy in Daniel chapter two, I pray that you will open our hearts and open our minds and give us understanding as you promised. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. I grew up in the state of Oklahoma. That's kind of central United States. It's it's a little warmer there than North Dakota. Actually, North Dakota is where my wife is from and all of our relatives, they came over from, from Russia, they, they were there on the Black Sea, they were Germans and they immigrated to America. My relatives first went to Dakota too, but it was too cold there and so they moved to Oklahoma when it was warmer. Kathy's relatives are tough and they, they stayed uh, in North Dakota, so I, I married a North Dakota girl from a farm there, and uh, her name was Kathy Lang, and we have been married for a long time. I won't tell you how long, because she said if I do, I'm gonna reveal what her age is, and that's, that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> let, let me share with you just a couple of things. Every night, every presentation, we're gonna be looking at three main things. We're at the end of the book. All the great prophecies in the Bible, and I'll share those with you, as we look at Bible prophecies are all fulfilled. We're at the end of the book, except for one. The next thing happened, the next thing that's going to happen is Jesus. He's going to be coming, that's the next thing. And then we're gonna talk about mama's prayers. I wouldn't be here sharing with you if it weren't for my mother's prayers. I'll share a number of stories. You wouldn't be where you're at you wouldn't be alive today if somebody hadn't been praying for you. Jesus even says he's praying for you. And we're all going, so gonna be looking at God's plan. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. We don't have to be fearful. We can rest assured that he loves us. We're in his loving hands, he'll take care of us. Let me share just a story about dreams. I don't know, have you had a dream? Have you ever had a dream? (laughs) I've had lots of them, but I don't know if they were as significant as the one tonight we're going to talk about. Not at all, of course, but the one I'm going to share with you is from, well, just a few months ago, We were in in Africa, we travel a lot actually. Last year we traveled about 10 times around this old ball of mud. We travel with our video crew and Cami travels with us sometimes and the video crew does. We're looking for special stories. What is happening? And we found something special over in Arusha, Tanzania. I was talking to Fred a few months ago. He's our, our producer over in Liberia on the other side of Africa. And he tells me this story. It's amazing actually. He tells me about, Muhammad Muhammad went to a very conservative, non-Christian type church, and he would pray many times a day. And one day, as he was sleeping, he had a a dream. And in the dream, have you had a dream? (laughs) Well, we're gonna talk about dreams tonight, and just one main dream that a king had, but this happened to Muhammad. So he had this dream, and in the dream, he heard the words, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And this whole song went through. He had never heard anything like that. He knew nothing about what could that mean? And he saw in the dream a bright light, and then an angel was standing there in front of his bed. He woke up with a start. What does that mean? The next day, he had been listening to Adventist World Radio on his radio. He got the radio out, found the station again, and listened carefully. He wanted to hear that song again. It didn't come on, nor the next day, nor the next day, nor the next day. And then the next night, again, he was asleep, and he saw the angel appear to him and started singing the song, Amazing Grace, and, and what is this? And he listened, and his heart got happy again and started beating fast. He woke up, he looked around, the angel was gone. But he went back the next day and started listening to the radio every day, every day. And every time he would hear these messages on the radio, his, he would get so excited about what God wants to do in his life, and he began to listen. And then the third time, the angel appeared to him in the dream. Amazing grace, how sweet. And he said, wow! And he woke up and he looked around and the angel was gone. And he began to think, what does this mean? The next day he was on his way to church where he was going to pray. And just as he got there, the angel appeared. Right, an angel of light and began to talk to him and then started singing Amazing Grace. I don't know, I've never heard an angel sing, but I'm sure it must have been beautiful. It sure touched Muhammad's heart. And then the angel said to him, Don't go in this building anymore. You need to telephone the radio station, which he did, and he got a hold of Fred, my friend. And Fred started studying the Bible with him and he gave his heart to Jesus and has recently been baptized. Isn't that thrilling? Listening to the radio, hearing the song. Wow, dreams, dreams. Well, prophecy is about dreams sometimes, and the Bible is, and we're gonna look at some of these prophecies in the Bible as, Later on, we'll be checking other, other, actually, the next presentation, I just wanna say this before we get into the prophecy in Daniel chapter two. If you have your Bibles, you may wanna go ahead and turn to that now as we get to Daniel two. The next presentation will be on the mark, the mark of the beast number one. It's such a big topic, it's difficult for me to cover it all in one presentation, so we're gonna have two presentations, the mark of the beast part one, it's the next presentation that's coming. Six years ago, I I got this picture, maybe some of you remember it, and and it's kind of amazing, a picture of ISIS. Have you ever wondered, all the stuff that's going on in, in the Middle East and other parts of the world, things happening maybe in your country right now, what does this all mean? Well, this series, especially this presentation right now in Daniel 2, we're gonna, we're gonna open up the book and we're gonna discover exactly what this is all about. You'll be surprised as, as we dig into the Word to see. Together we will see the prophetic pieces come together and form a perfect picture of where we are and what is happening next. What is going to happen next? Well, one thing that's very important that I want to say each time, when we go to the Bible, just like we said an Unlocking Bible Prophecy, just like Cammy said, it's always in the Bible. We will take nothing, nothing in prophecy or the future, everything that we will talk about in these presentations will be from the Bible. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. You wanna say that with me? If it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Is, is that fair as we go through these series? Yes, we wanna focus on God's Word. Did you know one in every three texts in Revelation? That's the book of prophecy. The two books of prophecy in the Bible are Daniel and Revelation. We're gonna start with Daniel and then Revelation, but they're intermingled back and forth, but every third, text in Revelation is from the Old Testament. And, and some people ask the question, well how many books of the Bible are there? Did you know there are 66 books in the Bible? There are 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 in the New. Do you know how you can remember that? 66. Remember, you remember with 666, well just take one 6 out. So 66 and, and then that makes up a, a 3, half a 6 is 3 and then Three plus six is nine, so that's 39. And then three times nine is 27. So that's easy, isn't it? 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. Bible prophecy. It is so exciting to see what is happening around the world. I want to share a personal experience. Something that happened, wow, it's amazing. Uh, And let me just tell a little history of that. It was 1985 in Leipzig. East Germany, a group of people started praying together, just, just a small group, and they began to pray, and pray, and pray, and finally there were just a handful, and then 100, and then 200, and then, wow. Then the year came, 1987. Ronald Reagan, President of the United States, was over there at the, at the wall, the separated, you know, the Berlin Wall, and East and West Germany. And he said something that was, it kind of electrified the world. Mr. Gorbachev, tear that wall down. <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. <laughs> well, the people who are praying continue to pray and pray. For two more years, 1989, it was a muddy night. A million people were praying and they started walking out into the street and they walked toward the wall. The East German soldiers were transfixed. They didn't know what to do. A million people, they surrounded them and surrounded the wall and started pulling the wall down and we watched in amazement on TV around the world. Wow, as a wall came tumbling down. There is a, a journal, a newspaper in Germany, it's called the New Republic, it's not Christian. But there's an article that came out It said, prayer changes things. And it said, in the New Republic, there is an old adage that prayer changes things. We cannot vouch for the veracity of prayer, but we do know that praying people change the course of modern Europe. Praying people change the course of modern Europe. I know, and you know, that as we pray, God hears, and answers and wonderful things happen. We'll be talking about that a lot, a lot as we look ahead, as we know that prayer does change things. God hears your prayers, friends. He knows your every need. You have a, You may have a lot of horrible things happening in your life now, but as you read the Bible, as you read Daniel, as we read Daniel 2, remember, it's God who's in control in the end. It's God. I was uh, in, Russia and Moscow, one week after Mikhail Gorbachev and Boris Yeltsin. Boris Yeltsin actually was in the White House. Mikhail Gorbachev was in Crimea. The KGB was paralyzed for 14 hours. You know why? It was paralyzed on April 21, 1991, because there were praying people around the White House in Russia, praying people that God would do something, and he did. He did. Again, the military wouldn't fire on their own people. They they were transfixed. I was there a week later. Stood. This is a picture that I have, and I stood right there. <laughs> it was it was just just amazing uh, to see all the barricades that the people had brought to try to keep the military out. And wow, we were, we were there. We flew into the Soviet Union into Moscow. Six weeks later, we flew out of Russia, it changed. We, we flew into to, uh, uh, Leningrad where we had a series of uh, lectures. Six weeks later, we flew out of St. Petersburg. Things were changing fast. The reason I'm sharing all this with you is to show you how things continue to change. And just before Jesus comes, we're gonna see a lot more. There, there is this move, as I mentioned, about socialism, about moving toward a one world government Actually, Stalin said many years ago, socialism will bring out one world power, a one world power. Mikhail Gorbachev said, we are only at the beginning of the process of shaping a new world order. Well, that was several years ago. You said, what does that have to do today? Well, it's, we're building a building. What is your plan, was asked, Benjamin Crane said. It includes the installation of a one world government and a new world religion. One religion, one world government. It's coming, it's coming. Have you heard of globalism? That's the idea. And people think we can do all, is that really going to happen? Is that what the Bible says? Actually, even, George Bush Senior said, "'We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves "'and for the future generations a new world order. "'When we are successful, and we will be, "'we have a real chance at this new world order.'" That's that globalism, that, that new world order, the one world government that people think we're going to have. Notice Benjamin Franklin, many years ago, said, however, "'They that give up liberty for security deserve neither.'" Wow, think of those words. They that give up liberty for security deserve neither. Amazing, isn't it? America is very anxious. You see in our magazines around us of what is happening, the world is anxious. This pandemic that just has gone, there'll be more. Yes, I think so. It's global. It's no longer localized. It goes all around the world. History, as we look at Daniel chapter 2, history is, His story, it's all about Jesus. Every one of these, every one of these presentations, every one of these lectures is gonna be focused on one person, it's Jesus. If it weren't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here. I would love to have been just right after the resurrection, remember he met with the disciples, he talked with them, he went to the upper room, he, he met with them on the Sea of Galilee, and then here he is just outside Jerusalem, on, it's, it's, it's down on the road to Emmaus, there on Bethany. Wow, there there he is with his disciples, fishermen, all surrounding him. And all of a sudden, it would have been incredible. He started going up, that's right, he was going up. And they look, you know, they had never seen Superman or Superwoman or any of this kind of stuff that our kids watch now, or, or the video games. He was going up and they watched, they were astounded. Uh, 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 wow, there he goes. A st- astonished as he was going up. And finally there were two angels. Remember the Bible says, these two angels dressed in white said to them, you men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus will come in the same way. Jesus is coming back. He is coming back to heaven. Our future, well, it's all here. It's all here in God's word. We're going to go to it. And it's kind of, it's interesting. It's about an old king's dream. We talked about dreams, yes, there are dreams. This King Nebuchadnezzar, he was one of the most famous kings of the past in the ancient world. He had a dream, (laughs) and he was, now he's kind of cantankerous, you know, and he, uh, you know, his word is law, and he had this dream, he was very frustrated. He wanted to know what it meant, but he couldn't remember it. And so he calls in all his astrologers, and all his sorcerers, and all his magicians, and all the magic people, all the wise men, He calls them and he says, guys, I had this dream last night and I can't remember it. You need to tell me the dream and give me the interpretation. And he said, oh, king, live forever. Whatever you say, we'll do. Just just tell us what you dreamt. Tell us the dream and we'll give you the interpretation. No, he says, you don't get it. I can't remember. And he says, by the way, you know, he's thinking, he knows these guys, if he gives them any idea of what he dreamed, they will conjure up some other kind, any, some, some interpretation. And, and they said, King, no, 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 you don't understand. Just tell us what, you, and he says, you don't understand. If you don't tell me what I dreamt, if you don't tell me <laughs> what I dreamt, and if you don't tell me what it means, you've had it. You've had it, your whole Your all of you, you're going to be killed. What? Yes, that's it. Wow, Daniel chapter 2, verse 12. Yep. Daniel 2, verse 12. For this cause the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all of the wise men of Babylon. So a, a decree went out and they started running to hide because they were going to be killed. It was a terrible thing. Over here in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 26, the king answered and said to Daniel, see Daniel, he was one of those wise men, he and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember the the fiery furnace? Well, these are the three Hebrews that were in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so Daniel was their friend, and they were considered to be part of the wise men. They also ate at the king's table, but remember they had different kind of food. We'll talk about that at a different time. And Daniel chapter 2 verse 26, the king answered, and said to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Of course he says no, but he's been praying about it, and he does know, he says, no, I don't know. But he says, but there is a God, Daniel chapter two, verse 28, a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. And so Daniel, two, he, Daniel starts telling the king what he dreamt. And here, let me read it to you in the Bible, Daniel chapter two and verse 31. You, O king, were watching, and behold a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watch why stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet, of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like a chaff from the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth." It's amazing when you think, when you think of what the King Dramp, here in Daniel chapter two, verse 31 and following. Read it, read it for yourselves. If you don't have your Bibles, now get it and read it later, the whole chapter of Daniel. This was about 605 BC, 600 years before the time of Christ. And so here we see a prophecy that Daniel gives us that unlocks Bible prophecies. And we see here 25, 2600 years. We see the history of the world. And it's true. And we want to look at it and we'll see how accurate it is because God's word is true. Remember, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Daniel began to interpret, you are this head of gold. (laughs) So the King Nebuchadnezzar, he liked that. (laughs) He liked that. He didn't want to hear any more. That's all he wanted to hear, the head of gold. He is the number one kingdom. The head of gold is Nebuchadnezzar. Well, actually he continues to give the interpretation and it goes down and he, he, he the silver and and all of a sudden King Nebuchadnezzar is seeing the other kings or other kingdoms are going to arise after him with kings following, leading these kingdoms around the world. These are world empires. And so after after uh Uh, Daniel and Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar, something else is going to happen. It's later on and we see this happening in Babylon when Babylon fell as as the Medo-Persians came in. And here in uh, uh, Babylon, a, a quote from a historian, Babylon the city which I have delighted of the, my eyes, which I have glorified, may it last forever. These words are found actually inscribed on the two Ishtar gates that are up in Europe now in a museum in Germany in Eastern Europe, the Ishtar gates. They were taking these gates that disassembled them and they took them to Europe after the city of Babylon was destroyed. May it last forever, King Nebuchadnezzar said. It was a kingdom of gold. It was known as gold. So the gold head was really correct for that. It was interesting that as we look at history and see what is going to happen, let me just share a couple of things with you that I think you'll enjoy. Some people ask the question, what is happening? Uh, Maybe you've seen this picture of Saddam Hussein. Remember just a few years ago, they found him. He had covered himself up. He he dug into a cave and he was trying to survive and he was found after Iraq fell. Uh, He thought he was the second Nebuchadnezzar. He said, I'm gonna take his place. I'm Nebuchadnezzar incarnate. (laughs) Well, it didn't work out that way for Saddam Hussein. Let me give you a little history. Back in the Bible, there's a story about Abraham and Sarah. You remember that story, as you read? Maybe back at Sunday school, back at Sabbath school, you studied in your Bible classes and you learn about Abraham. Abraham was 100 years old, Sarah was 90 years old, and an angel appears to Abraham and tells Abraham, Sarah is going to have a baby, and Sarah's listening to the angel. And she starts to laugh because she, she's nine years old. She can't have babies. And so after the angel left, you know, remember the angel had taken Abraham out and said, look at the stars of the sky and your seed will be bigger than the stars of the sky. And, and so after the angel left, Sarah went to Abraham. Abraham, Abraham, I heard it. What did you hear? I heard the whole thing. I'm not going to have a baby. I can't have a baby. You know that. I'm 90 years old. (laughs) So it was amazing. And and so Sarah says, I got an idea. What's that? Well, it's acceptable in our culture. I have a maid. I'm going to give you her. You marry her, and she'll be your second wife, and and then she can have the baby. Well, (laughs) and so this progressed fairly well. And Hagar uh, had a baby and the baby's name was Ishmael. And then you know you can't really uh, you ladies know you can't have you can't have two women in the same kitchen doesn't work very well. So this didn't go too well. Finally Sarah did get pregnant and she did have a baby. They named him Isaac. But Abraham had pressure, so much pressure put on him by his wife Sarah then. You gotta get rid of this lady, Hagar. You gotta get her out of my house. You know, I can't can't have her in the house here. So they were sent off, Hagar and her baby, Ishmael. Hagar then became the mother, she became the mother of the Arab race. And so that's the tension. And so what you were seeing here is somewhat of a family feud, isn't it? So all these years you had the Arabs and the Jews, fighting against each other and the tension that is brought. So this, this gives us just a bit of the history. Now let's go back to our dream. Daniel continues and he says, but after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, Daniel 2.39. So another kingdom is coming. Nebuchadnezzar didn't want to hear that. There is another kingdom and it is the chest of silver. And we know that... Medo-Persia was the next kingdom. Isaiah 45, chapter 1, actually a hundred years before Nebuchadnezzar's time, before Daniel's time, a prophet was given, a prophecy was given in Isaiah, thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him, and to loose the armor of kings to open before him Hit the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. So there were double doors. Actually what has happened, Belshazzar was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar and he had a great party and they were laughing, they were brought in some of the emblems of uh, put wine and some of the, the things they've gotten from the temple from Israel and they're making fun of God and they were having this big drunken party and they, somebody forgot to lock the gates. And so <laughs> Cyrus, He brought. uh, Now remember, this is predicted 100 years before. The gates would be left open. They were left open. Cyrus diverted the Euphrates River and brought his troops across the dry bed of the Euphrates River and came right into the city and Babylon fell. So Medo-Persia is the chest of silver, the next kingdom. A third kingdom, a bronze, which shall rule over all the earth, all the earth, the third kingdom after Medo-Persia would be that of bronze, would be Greece. And so we we know that from the Bible history, from actually Bible history and also from secular history, that Greece followed the next world empire. And there's a man by the name of Alexander the Great. He was a wonderful general. He was so swift, actually, he conquered the whole world. And when he was only, I believe, he was just about 32 years old, and he was so upset when he conquered the whole world because there was no more world to conquer. He got malaria, we think, and he died. Before he died, he gave his kingdom to his four generals. One of the historians said, "'I am persuaded that there was no nation, city, or, nor people, then being whether his name did not reach.'" Wow, there seems to me to have been some divine hand presiding both over his birth and his actions. So, Alexander the Great conquered the whole world in a very short time, died when he was 32, gave the four, gave, gave the, the kingdom to his four generals, and that's part of prophecy too, we'll see that later on as we continue to study. Notice, and the fourth kingdom now, the next one, so we have we have the head of gold, which is Babylon, he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar, King the then the chest of silver, which is Medes and Persians, and then the thighs, Uh, the the thighs of bronze, which is Alexander the Great, the Greek empire, and and then the fourth kingdom. Here's the text right here. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. So the last kingdom, the last great kingdom, world empire is Rome, the Roman empire. And like iron that crushes that king, will break in pieces and crush all others, Daniel 2, 4, verse 40. So the Iron Kingdom, Rome, So this brings us down to what time? Well, I think you remember well now. We go right to the Bible, and we, we know the history of the Bible. We get right there as we look at the birth of Jesus. Get, and Edward Gibbons, writing the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, says the images of gold. Now, this is historical, and... and Historic historians and and also great reformers throughout history have preached this for many many years. The images of gold, of silver, and brass that might serve to represent the nations of and their kings. So he understood, as a historian, that Nebuchadnezzar's dream represented all the kingdoms that would come, they were successfully successively broken by the iron monarchy of Rome. Wow, so this is the iron monarchy of Rome. That's why it was called iron. Remember Jesus, his birth? Luke chapter 2, verse one, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This is what happens when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, isn't it? We read this text and we read about, we read about Jesus' mother and father, Joseph and Mary, on that going, going to Bethlehem to be taxed, remember? And they, they, there was no room left in the end, and, and finally they were, well, Jesus was born in a barn. I can't imagine that. We'll talk about that later in a couple. Well, I think about three more presentations we'll get to that one, it's just amazing. But the Roman Empire was so angry with the church, with Christianity, with the birth of Jesus, and then his followers, that many of them Many of them, we see this as described about the Roman Empire. Many of them are thrown to the lions there in the Colosseum. Kathy and I have been there in Rome and we walked into the Colosseum. We've seen, we can just imagine, you can almost hear the, the people crying and praying as the lions come and they're torn to shreds and the crowd shouting, yes, yes, yes. Horrible things as the gladiators fought there in that Colosseum. Horrible things, Roman was a horrible, horrible monarchy. It was terrible is what happened. And Notice it says more now in the prophecy, the feet now were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. So we get to the feet now, this is the last part of it, in the feet, that's where we are today. Notice each foot in this picture. Notice each foot has Five toes. Do you have five toes? Of course you do. So both feet, you would have 10 toes. And we're gonna see 10 horns, we're gonna see all kinds of things in prophecy. We're just gonna build on this time and time again as we look at 10 different kingdoms. Wow, it's amazing how accurate the Bible is, how accurate Bible prophecy is. 10 toes, 10 kingdoms mixed with iron and clay. They don't stick together. All the other kingdoms stuck together. It was all iron legs, it was all a brass stomach, it was all silver chest, it was all gold head, but now we're in the feet, iron and clay, they don't stick together, They're separate 10 kingdoms. So as we look at the kingdoms of Europe that followed, we see there are mainly 10 kingdoms. Here's a, here's a little map of it, Germanic tribes, they broke up into 10 kingdoms and that's the kingdoms we see in Europe today, except three of them, the Vandals, the Heruli and the Ostrogoths. they were all destroyed. All three were destroyed. So it boils down to just seven that existed. This is significant in prophecy because those three were replaced by one. And I'll get to that later as we go into the Mark of the Beast number one on the next presentation. You'll be amazed at what's coming. Now, Daniel chapter 2, verse 43 says, "'As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, "'they mingle with the seed of men, "'but they do not adhere one translation says cleave, stick to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay, Daniel 2:43. 43. So and as we see the Europe developing the ten, the 10 toes and the separate tribes, we had different empire, emperors who would like to pull Europe together, have a one world government. You ever hear of that before? Globalism, it's been tried, but it's against what God said. God said they would not cleave together, they would not adhere together, they would not stick together as iron doesn't mix with clay. Napoleon, and the watchman says, he quotes Napoleon, I wanted to found a European system, a European code of law, a European court of appeals. There would have been but one people throughout Europe. Europe would soon have become one nation, one nation. The deliverance of Europe from the dominion of Poland, historian says, was affected neither by Russia, nor by Germany, nor by England, but by the hand of God. Isn't that amazing? Lectures on modern history by Arnold. <sighs> finally, it's Napoleon finally said, when it was all over, he said, God has been too much for me. See, he read that prophecy in Daniel 2, the same ones that we're reading. And he would say, God has been too much for me. He could not have a one world government. It wouldn't stick together because God said it wouldn't. That's right. Four world kingdoms. The last ones are 10. They won't stick together. And around the world, we see people trying to pull things together with one world government. It's not gonna happen. Daniel 2.21. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. God is in charge. God is in charge. There's an interesting story told about Hitler. Actually, it seems that there was a maid in his house who was a Christian. And she says she would hear him read Daniel chapter two. They will not cleave one to another. He'll get to that section of the, the, of the dream, and he would look at that and get so angry, he would take the Bible, throw it across the room, and would say, I will too win, I will too win. Well, we know, for God had predicted, and God said he didn't win. Horrible things happened, I the the labor camps, the people who died starved to death, horrible things. Horrible things, but still he did not win. God said, they will not cleave together. They will not stick together. They will not adhere together. A friend of mine, not too long ago, was doing one of these presentations. Afterwards, a lady came up to him and she handed him this bar of soap. She said, my parents were there. My parents were there. And this is a bar of soap that was made from the bodies that were burned in the concentration camp. Horrible things. Someday, friends, someday, when Jesus comes, this stuff is gonna stop. All the things going on now on this old ball of mud, it's all gonna stop, because Jesus, Jesus is coming soon. Daniel 2.43, and you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, They will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere, they won't stick, they won't cleave to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay, Daniel 2, 43. That's what the Bible says. You know, Europe, they they tried different things. They tried intermarriage. Uh, At at one time, most most of the kings and kings and princesses were somehow related to each other. It didn't work. They tried that. Didn't, didn't unite Europe. It, it became one big family feud again. Charlie Mayne, he tried. Louis XIV, he tried. Kaiser Wilhelm, he tried. Napoleon, he tried. Hitler, he tried. They all tried to unite. Europe didn't work because God said they will not stick together. Isn't that amazing? Daniel two thirty four. 34. You watched while well, a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them to pieces." Wow, can you imagine, what does that mean? Well, it's Jesus is coming back. That's what it means. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth, Daniel 2.35. as if God's kingdom will be the only kingdom that will last forever. That's right, God's kingdom is the only one that's going to be set up and it will last forever. No man made one world order. No man made one world order. They shall not adhere, they shall not stick, they shall not cleave to one another, Daniel 2, 43. You remember that? No, there's not going to be globalism. It's not all going to happen. Oh, people will try. People will try, that part is coming. But in the end, God's the only kingdom. He will set it up, it will last forever when Jesus comes back the second time. Revelation 14, six, then I saw an angel, another angel, flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel. Isn't that good news? That's the gospel, the good news. The everlasting, it's about Jesus. To preach to those who dwell on the earth to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. They a lasting gospel, saying with a loud voice, fear God, and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come. Jesus is coming soon, my friends. He told us, He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. You can count on, you can count on what Jesus said because of Daniel 2. He's the author, He knows. He's the author, he's the creator. He says, I will come again. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to the, he's preparing this wonderful home. I have not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart, the mind of man, what Jesus, what God has prepared for those who love him. Puzzle pieces that we talked about. Well, we've learned God's kingdom will be the only new world order that will last forever. Prophetic signs tell us God's kingdom is soon to come. It's soon to come. I want to take you as we close to Kivu. I know you probably have never heard of that. This is this is the eastern part, northeastern part of the Congo, of Zaire. We lived there for 10 years. And I got a picture here, you, you got to see this. This illustrates the power of prayer. You, you'll be amazed. This is my wife and my daughter. They're standing with their shoes off in a beautiful river with rocks. See the rocks all around it? Well, those rocks weren't always there. You see, one of my friends, Dr. Wallace, he said to the people in that village, you know, he said, if you guys will find some rocks or some durable material for the walls, I'll help you build a church. I have a friend who'll give money so we can put metal roof on the church. They only had adobe then. It was only mud walls. and and thatch roof, and so they had a church board meeting. They got together and they prayed and they said, what should we do? And most of the people said, no one else in this village, no one else there. Uh, All the other churches, they have thatch and they have mud. There are no rocks around, there are no bricks around, we just can't accept the gift. Well, some people begin to pray, just like in Leipzig over in Germany. They begin to pray, and God did something. It was one night. You see, this village is built right at, at the foot of the and Zori Mountains. This, this is right there on the equator between Uganda and the Congo. There's, there are snow-capped mountains. I said to one of my friends one time, I said, look up there, you see the snow? And He said, that's not snow. Well, yes it is. Oh, it's just white stuff. No, no, it's snow. They'd never seen snow before. So the mountain began to shake. It looked like the whole world was coming to an end. And the next morning when they went out, right behind where they wanted to build the church were these rocks, <laughs> these rocks. And now there's a beautiful brand new Adventist church there because they prayed, they prayed. God says, God says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Rest assured, as we give our hearts to Jesus, as we pray, he would take care of us. We don't have to worry about what's happening on this old ball of mud. No, the next world order, the next global kingdom that's set up, the next one is Jesus. Jesus, he's coming to set his kingdom up. He'll take us to the heavenly home he's preparing for us now. Don't you love him? Don't you love him? Shall we pray? Dear Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the promise that you're coming back to take us to the heavenly home you're preparing for us now. Thank you that we can have confidence as we pray that you will hear and you will answer and that you'll take care of us in the end, in Christ's name, amen. Our next meeting, my friends, is just in one week. And remember the topic, the mark of the beast number one. Don't miss it, I'll see you then. Blessings to you, thank you.
0: Thank you for watching. If you want to learn more Bible truth, I invite you to subscribe below. Also, click here to watch Earth's final countdown in full. And click here to watch one of my favorite videos. God bless you.
2: I hope you have enjoyed listening to the end-time prophetic events. Whether you've never before opened a Bible or have been studying it all your life, you'll gain new insights from this series. By looking at Revelation and Daniel, as well as other books of the Bible, you'll find that the Bible itself clearly unlocks the mysteries of Bible prophecies. This will transform what may feel like a confusing book into something clear and understandable. If you want to learn more Bible truth, or ask a Bible question, or perhaps find freedom, Healing and hope in Jesus, please give us a call. Our WhatsApp number is plus 1240220777. We are certain that you'll gain a deeper understanding of Jesus' love for you and emerge with an even closer relationship with Him. For more information, visit us on the web at Bible.awr.org. Or send us an email at bible at awr.org